everybody and welcome back to the Godly Point of View Podcast. I am your host, Donald Roll, if you are new here. And today's topic is defiling the temple, sexual impurity. And persons may ask, what do you mean defiling the temple? And defiling the temple basically means like damaging the purity or appearance of something. And in this case, the temple of God, which is not the building in this particular context, but is ourself, our bodies, our bodies as the temple of the Lord. Hence the topic defiling the temple. So people may ask, you know, like I said, what is the temple? We are the temple. Our bodies are the temple of the Lord. If you look in First Corinthians chapter six, verse nineteen, it says, What know ye not? That your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. You know, he's basically telling us, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Lord, and you are not your own? We were bought with a price. When God sent his son down on this earth to die for us, we were bought with a price. Verse 20 says, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So we belong to God. Yes, he gave us a free will to go ahead and to do what we please. But we belong to him as well. You have the choice to make the choice whether you're going to follow God or whether you're going to follow man or follow the ways of the world and walk on that, that wide, wide path of the world. You know, that's just how gracious he is to us. He allows us to choose what is going to happen to us. Yes, Romans chapter 6, verse 13. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of righteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead. And your members are instruments of righteousness unto God. So when he says members... You know, not to do foolishness with, for sin, but for God. And the ways we defy the temple, ways that we defy the temple, you know, sexual impurity-wise, is fornication, having sex outside of marriage, which is prohibited by God. He didn't make sex for us to have in our single season, or in the relationship stage, but he made it for married couples because, you know, it brings glorification to God. That's what it was created for, to bring glory to God, to multiply, to, to please your, your husband or your wife, to bring glory to God, not to, which the Bible does speak about, that is biblical right now. I think 1 Corinthians chapter 7 speaks all about it. If you would like to go there and find it, you'll see it right there. But he didn't create it for us to enjoy or for persons to enjoy in a single season where you're supposed to be getting your, your life together, preparing yourself for when you do, if you desire to become married one day. To get married one day. That is the time that you build yourself. And 
having sex in a relationship stage can cause you guys to skip over so many vital things because you're so caught up in all of the lustfulness and, you know, the pleasure that you tend to skip over things that you could have possibly, that you will need if you plan on furthering that that relationship. Because think about it. If you guys always fornicating, 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 but y'all never go out anywhere, y'all never do nothing together except for that. You know, y'all never sit down and have deep conversations, anything of that. Everything is just lustful and sexual and sensual. That's basically what your guys' relationship is built off of. Sex. And then what happens when that isn't, isn't available? You know, these are times when the enemy steps in. And he don't even have to step in because he already, you know, he already has you digging your own grave in a sense. Not to say it like that, you know. But you know what I mean, what I'm trying to say. You're already doing his job because you're already sinning against the will of God. So he doesn't have to do anything if you're doing it for him. You know, why would I cut a top on halfway or just cut it on just a little bit and put a cup under it and stand there and watch that cup full up? Why would I do that if I know that tomorrow morning I'm going to come back and although it was just... It's just dripping just a little bit. When I come back, that cup is going to be filled up. Why would I stand there and watch that if I know that it is already doing the job that I wanted to do? Same goes for even just the little compromises. You know, in the relationship stage, little compromises can cause you a big problem. At First Corinthians chapter six, verse eighteen, it says, "Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body." So, an immoral means not conforming to accepted standards of morality. It's not good to be doing these things. Not a marriage. It's not the way God has designed us. He didn't give us these body parts to just give to any and everybody at any time at the morning. Coming out jealous, going by people house and all them type of thing. No, he didn't give us He didn't give us these body parts to just do anything with at any time. But we have them for a reason. We are created the way we are created for a purpose. And there's a reason why the Bible tells us to wait. Until marriage, to go and venture into these things. Because suppose now you go and have over five, six partners. You're already learning all these techniques and knowing all these things. And then, you know, you give yourself so much exposure that when it's time for you to conform to one person, you can't do that. You find it hard to do that because why you have a history of conforming to six different people or dealing with six different persons. Now you, you only can deal with one and it's all a problem for you now. You're not getting what, you, what you're used to. You went and got used to something that you was never supposed to do. 
So now you have to figure out, you know, how you're going to make it in that situation or what you're going to do to fix that situation. But you would have never been in that situation if you had never gone it. If you have never, if you had never went and done those things that you weren't supposed to do in the first place. Also, masturbation or self-pleasuring is also a sin. You know, and think about it. In what way does masturbating bring glorification to God? In what way? Romans 6 and 13 says, Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive for the dead, and your members as the instruments, your members, which is your body part, as instruments of righteousness unto God. How does masturbating bring glorification to God? It doesn't in any kind of way. All you are doing are, are taking care of your fleshly pleasures. That doesn't bring glorification to God in no type of way. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3 to 5, it says, For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion. Passion meaning like a strong desire, not in the passion of lust, like the Gentiles who do not know God. We are to know how to control our bodies, which most definitely is not easy. But we still are to know it. You know, life wasn't easy, but we still are expected to live it. And to the fullest of our abilities, it says that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness. Masturbating, fornicating is not bringing any sort of holiness unto God. You are not being holy in the presence of God at all. He said in his word that he will never leave us nor forsake us. Was, he is right there. You think he don't know that you're doing these things? There's nothing you can hide from God. He is always watching you. He is always there. He is omnipresent. Each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passions, the passion of lust. Like the Gentiles who do not know God. And like I said, passion is like having a strong desire for something. So passion of lust, that's like you looking at a girl and you you see she look fine or whatever and she look good and everywhere, everything in the right place and stuff like that. And you begin to make up these mental, these thoughts in your mind and you doing some serious lusting and stuff like that. And then you go ahead and act upon that in this particular way. You know, that's, that's, that's not having self-control, number one. And, you know, you're, you're letting the passion of lust take you over. You're allowing it to take you over, which is the enemy. Because we are not to be lusting in this world. 
And like I said, I'm not going to say that it doesn't happen. Because it does happen. We do sin. But what I'm saying is not, it's not okay to do it. And to intentionally do it is not okay. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22. So flee youthful passions, which means deep-seated desires, and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Passions is deep-seated desires. Like when you have a passion for something, you have a passion for taking care of people, you know? You're going to go out of your way to help these people because you just have a passion for doing that. So passion is like a deep-seated desire. And then when you put lust with that, then, you know, everything else is going to fall and those lines down. Sinfulness. You have a desire for sinful things. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality. And the word sensuality comes from the word, the word sensual, which means consisting in the gratification of the senses of the indulgence of appetite. And fleshly stuff. Gratification means pleasure, especially when gained from the satisfaction of a desire. Pleasure, especially when gained from the satisfaction of a desire. So when you feel like going to masturbate, you go ahead and watch that porn. You know, all of these are sinful things according to the word of God. Touching yourself. You're using your, your senses, your sense of touch. Your sense of feel. You know, God didn't create us to, to please ourselves. He most definitely did not create us for that because it brings no glorification to him in no type of way. We're not able to multiply in that type of way when you do these things. Let's even make up a scenario and all. You begin to lust off of someone. You're already wrong from there because you shouldn't be lusting, which already made us a sin. And then you go to, to, to fornicate with them. They are not your spouse. They are not, you are not married to them. So then you're wrong again because it's fornication. Or you go to masturbate. You're wrong again. Because you're using your members to do sinful things. You are doing that particular thing out of lust. Out of lustful passion. You know, so it's evident that these things are not of God. But ways that we can stop defiling the temple are to read the word and apply the word to your situation to defeat the flesh. And this is something that I personally, a method that I personally used. You know, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, it says, All scripture is breaded 
out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. So this particular scripture right there tells us that there's power in the word of God. And we know that the word of God says that in the beginning was the word and the word was of God and God was the word. So he is his word. There's power in his word. When you read his word, you begin to feel spiritually edified. You are feeding your, your spirit man when you read the word. You now, just as we feed the physical body with food, which nourishes it and strengthens it. When you read the scripture, when you read the word of God, and you and you pray and stuff like that, you, you are edifying your spirit. You are feeding your spirit man. You don't feed your spirit man with an apple and with pork chop and ribs and cake and ice cream. No, you feed him with the word of God. And when you strengthen the spirit with the word, the flesh begins to fall in alignment. Because it is the, the, the spirit that weakens the flesh from doing its fleshly things, from acting upon its flesh, fleshly, from acting upon its fleshly actions. You know, because think about it. When you were in sin, you did things of the flesh without even caring, without even knowing. But when you make the transition, or sometimes not even when you make the transition, just by reading the word of God, and you go ahead and do something out of the way, you go ahead to go and fornicate. That thought comes to your mind. I just read this in the Bible. They just talk about this in church. I just saw this on Facebook and I gotta go do this thread. No, that's the spirit defeating or trying to defeat the flesh. Because you have you have been edified on this particular thing. So you can no longer sin the same. And if you're a Christian, you most definitely will no longer sin the same. Because you will be continuously be getting convicted for these things. Doing things, knowing that they are wrong, knowing that these are things that God would not want you to be doing. So, an example is, thoughts of wanting to be pleased by someone. So, you know, you're thinking these sexual things, are you wishing she was here or he was here to do this and to do that? No, I'm not going to go into detail with that. So, when you think these type of thoughts, then you need to now Use a scripture to combat that. So if you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9, it says, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral. Which points to your situation, because that is a sexual immoral sin, fornication. Neither the sexual immoral, nor idolatrous, nor adulterous, nor men who practice homosexuality. No, so these things, this is how you deal with these things. Now you apply the word of God to it. The more you strengthen the spirit, man, the more you're going to die to your flesh and become the new man. Put The, the easier it's going to be for you to put on the new man. And to take off the old man. 
the more you edify your spirit, the more you read the word, the more you apply the word to your situations. You can no longer sin the same. I don't care what nobody says. You can no longer sin the same. If you're a true child of God, once you've read that word and you're put in that situation, that scripture is going to come back to you. Especially if you remember it. And you're going to feel automatic conviction begin to set in. Another way is to analyze and find the root of the problem and take action from there. So let's think about it even from a natural standpoint. Now imagine a, a plant, let's say a plant. If you cut the leaves off, the tree is still going to grow. It's going to grow probably a new branch or a new branch of leaves. Or a couple other branches of leaves. It might bear fruit now. So cutting off just a leaf isn't going to do. Cutting the fruit off isn't going to do because at the end of the day it still is going to produce fruit because it's still planted in the soil. So in order for you to deal with this plant, to get this plant from stop producing this particular fruit or to stop growing on the whole, you don't want this plant anymore. What do you then do? You take it out of its environment. You pull it up out of the ground. You take it out of the soil. You take the roots out of the soil because it's the roots that's the problem. Because everything is being fed through the roots. All of the nutrients and the water and everything is absorbed through the roots. So when you pull that plant out of, out of the ground... You're then cutting off the access between the stuff that is helping it to grow and the plant itself. Which means that the plant you, you uprooted out of the ground is going to die. So this is the way that we have to take action with these things. We have to deal with them from the root. We have to pull them out of the ground. We have to take them out of the environment. We have to take ourselves out of the environment. Of porn sites and Twitter and Instagram with all of these lustful pages. With these persons that are half naked or three quarters and a half naked. You have to take yourself out of these environments. I can tell you because, you know, this is something that I had to start off doing when I first became a Christian myself. I most definitely had to delete Twitter. had to stop going on these sites. and had to unfollow a whole heap load of women on Instagram. Because you have to deal with things from the root. You know, you could leave those. I could have left those apps on there. Even TikTok. I deleted because everybody knows how TikTok is. So even TikTok. You know, you could, see, you could leave the apps on their phone and say, well, I'm not going to go back on the apps anymore because I know what they are. But then when that flesh starts to arc up, when your flesh starts to tweak, when that flesh starts tweaking... And arcing up and glitching, you're going gonna to go right on the maps and see these things. And then when you look, you're slipping right back into the sin again. And then you got to go confess and repent. You got to feel bad after you've been convicted. Then you have to then realize that God is a forgiving God and he is waiting for you to forgive him. But you are so humiliated. By what you've just done that you don't even have what it takes to go back to God because you know he's looking at you like, 
Or you think he's looking at you like, what What are you just even done? How would you just do that? Why would you just do that? Not realizing that he is seeking to forgive you. Ready to forgive you. Ready for you to confess and repent and do better. No, so you have to deal with these things from the root. You can't cut off a, a, a leaf. You can't cut off a branch. You can't break two branches off and expect the tree not to continue to grow and to bear fruit. It will. So you have to deal with it. I'm so sorry for the noise. But you have to deal with it from the roots. And number three. Oh, before number three. Um, strong lust. You have to deal with that as well. And that's something you, you pray about. You know, if it takes from you, if it takes you to stop looking at a person's body parts and stuff like that, you know, turn your head the next way. Now, I was listening to a podcast the other day by Jerry Flowers, and he said that this was something that he struggled with. So he had to, you know, turn his head. He had to look the other way because he knew. When he was of his flesh, that he would just, you know, look at these particular body parts of a woman. But then, when he wasn't of the flesh anymore, but he became a child of God, you know, he realized that this was a problem that he had. So he had to turn his head the other way to be sure that he doesn't fall back into sin, to be sure that he doesn't do these things. Because that is where it all starts from. One compromise at a time. And dirty conversations as well. You can't expect to speak to someone about sex. About certain body parts. You can't expect to speak to persons about these things. And not cause your flesh to tweak. Or cause your flesh, your flesh to start... Arcing up on you. You know, you got to watch the conversations that you have with people. Watch the things that you speak about. Because they are what cause the effects on you. Your gateway is what you see. What you hear. Proof when you watch porn. That causes your flesh to arc up. Because why? Your eyes are a gateway. You are seeing things. When you hear a certain sound that comes from watching these things, you don't even have to see it. But hearing the sound alone is going to cause your flesh to arc up. Because why? These are the things. Your, your eyes are gateways. Your ears are gateways. Even with secular music that talk about these things, why do you think you begin to feel some type of way? When you listen to certain songs, when you listen to love songs, when you listen to um, Cardi B or whoever they may be, you listen to these people talking about these certain body parts and what they're going to do with them and all these type of stuff. Your flesh begins to arc up. Why? Because your eyes and your ears are gateways. And these are these gateways are what is what Satan uses. I feel are some of his most top ways for, for getting persons into sin. Or one person have begin to use their gateways to indulge in foolishness. You know, they become stuck. They think it's okay. They think it's alright to be listening to secular music and stuff like that. But it's not at all because all of these things play 
and effect on you. Your eyes and your ears are gateways. So number three, prayer. You must pray. You must pray in order to get rid of these things. You know, none of this from number one and number two would be completely fulfilled without prayer. You know, because that is when you when you talk to God, that is your time and you seek him, you seek his face. You seek his will for your life. You, you seek for him to strengthen you in areas and everything. You must pray. You have to pray. You know, you can't just read the word. But you have to pray as well. Just like how faith without works is dead. And vice versa. You know, they go together. They need each other. Just as prayer and the word, they need each other. You have to read the word and you have to pray as well. They both need each other. You both need the two of them. And you must also do right out of love and respect to Jesus Christ and God the Father. And this is something that helped me majorly. Because let's think about it. Let's look at it from a natural point of view first you know if you love somebody you're in a relationship with somebody you're not gonna want to go out there and cheat you don't want to you're not gonna want to go out there and talk to all type of different women or men you're not gonna want to talk to them bad you know you're not gonna want to speak to them horribly and all of these type of things so we are to be that same way with god No, we we should want to respect them and respect what he has done for us. He sent his only begotten son on this earth to die for our sins. So that we may have a chance to have eternal life. If we so desire. You know what the type of love it takes for somebody to sacrifice their own their own child to be killed for you and me. If somebody asks one of us to do that, you can look at them like, you might want to kill them for them asking you that question. Your good son, your good daughter, for you, for me, for the rest of the world. But that is what he did for us. His only begotten son. He sent down on this troublesome, this sinful earth to be killed for our sins. To be crucified for our sins. So that me and you may have eternal life. And this is the person that you're going to, you know, do all these sinful things against. This is the person that you're going to hurt, that you're going to grieve. The same way you give all that loyalty and that trust and stuff. To your partner in that relationship. These are the things that you ought to give to God as well. And this is why sometimes. You know when we find ourselves in the presence of God for the first time. We begin to die to certain things. Certain relationships we begin to die to them. We begin to, to lose lose focus in them and, 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 and everything. Our focus is now drawn all to God. Because you are putting your focus and your trust. And the, the energy, everything that you were given, that you were supposed to give to God, you was given to these particular people. 
which is very dangerous because we are never supposed to put our trust and our hope in man because man will fail us, but God will never fail us. So it's very important that we know these things, people, and we correct them while we have the chance. So I thank you guys for listening in with me today and for always checking in on this channel, on this podcast, listening to this podcast. And I pray that this podcast has helped you guys very, very much. You guys can send the feedback if you would like to to our gmail godlypov at gmail.com and once again thank you for listening in and i hope that you guys enjoy your morning your night your evening your noon whatever time it may be enjoy it